Blog Talk Radio.
Well, welcome to our, what is today, Monday, our Monday night edition of Prayer International Radio here on Blog Talk. I'm your co-host for the night. I say co-host because I'm the only one who's um, who's online so far. So so for right now, it's just me, uh, Sean Holmberg, fellow partakers with uh, Chris Herzog and Paul Pintor in this ministry exposition to serve the Lord um, in pretty much any way he sees fit. So I wanted to thank all of you listening tonight, um, pretty much from whatever country you're listening from. Looking at the map on our website, I keep seeing the little dots expand and the nations and um, countries that people are tuning in from. And so it's an honor, as always, and a privilege for us to um, come here tonight before you to honor the Lord Jesus Christ and the Word and in praise and worship and in prayer. If you have any prayer requests tonight, please give us a call, 619-638-8458. We have an entire um, group of men and women who are listening online um, to stand in agreement with us in prayer for whatever needs you may have tonight. We know that the Lord God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord God, our provider, not only for financial matters, but for pretty much anything. David said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. The Lord is our provision. He is the God who is more than enough. He is our exceeding great reward. The Bible says, in the presence of the Lord, there is fullness of joy. And so whatever needs you may have tonight, um, we encourage you to trust the Lord tonight to lay your heart before him, to let him have control, let him have reign, let him have the ability to work in your life. And I know that sounds weird for me to say to let the Lord do anything, um, but as someone said the other night, Roger, who was on the air um, preaching, you know, the only authority the enemy has in your life is the authority that you choose to give him by our words, by our actions. Um, the only, you know, the Bible says that those who come to God must first believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And, you know, if I was going to talk about faith for just a second, you know, your, the Bible says faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But, the, but Paul, but James also said that we should be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. Now, what did it mean when it say uh, that we must be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves? Well, um, as we sometimes preach here on Prayer International Radio, is that you can hear the word of God. You can believe it is the word of God without believing that it's relevant or... Um, or that it applies to your own life. If you don't take the word of God and you don't act upon the word of God, if you don't let the word of God become the standard in your life, then it doesn't really do you much good. If it's like the gift of the free gift of salvation, if you don't accept it, then it's just another gift that's out there that remains um untaken. Um with the same thing with our walk with the Lord. 
there's many, many declarations in the Bible, hundreds and hundreds of promises that God has made concerning us, concerning his will and his purposes for our lives, and not only our lives, but that of the of the nations and of the world. You know, the Bible says that he's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. You know, um, the prophet and um, the Psalms prophesied to Jesus, and, you know, I believe, actually, it's in, yeah, I believe it's in Psalms, it says, ask of me and I will give you the nations as an inheritance. You know, the Father has a plan for this world. The Father has a plan and a purpose for our lives, regardless of what the outside world may may think about it. But, you know, all those plans and purposes, when God said that, um, I know the thoughts I think of you, thoughts of good. To let the Lord God operate in your life And you're willing to trust him And believe him To do the things that pretty much he said he was going to do You know the children of Israel um, Always being our prime example Our perfect example outside of Jesus Of the, the consequences And the rewards of obedience Is that you know The children of Israel had the word of God Not only did they have the word of God And the oracles of God They also had the demonstration of the power and authority of God in their lives and in their situations. And yet, even with the demonstration of God's power in their daily lives, on a multitude of occasions, they still lacked faith in him. They still never took the lessons and the principles. They never they never took the victories they received in Christ Jesus, applied them to their life, and let them become revelations that they could live their life by. So then when the storm came and the wind blew, they didn't have a firm foundation to stand upon. So they looked to, when they didn't have the peace of God to, to base their life on, the only thing that was left was for them to live in fear. And so the children of Israel lived every day, um, I believe, in some ways in fear because they hadn't learned that he, that God was not only someone who would provide, but that he himself was an actual provider. That God's very nature, his very characteristic was of a loving God and of a provider. So we, too, um, are not exempt, um, my friends. We're not exempt from what James said about being um, doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. And what does it mean to deceive yourself? It means that you have... Almost like it says having a form of godliness But denying the power thereof It means knowing What the Bible says Believing that it applies to you But yet somehow don't believing That you have to live your life according to it And then You have the word but you don't have the power That comes with a sanctified life And you know that's not something we talk about Quite often here on The radio show But the sanctified life the, the life that is set apart for the Lord God, the life of a person who has counted all things lost, as um, Paul said in Philippians, have counted all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of the Lord. Those, you know, Jesus said, he who puts his hand to the plow and then turns around um, isn't worthy of me. There was a, there's a story in the New Testament about a man who came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, let me follow you. And Jesus was like, okay, 
leave everything you have and come follow me. And one man, because he had great riches, which were too much to give up. There was too much he was holding on to, too much he desired and cared about more than the Lord. That he wasn't willing to go. He wasn't willing to put forth the effort to follow Jesus. Another one wanted to bury the dead. He wanted to wait until those who he felt responsible for were gone without realizing that our responsibility lies not just with those members in our family, but also with a worldwide community. Um, you know, it's, it's it's weird to say, say it like that, the worldwide community. Me and my wife um, spent some time the other night watching um, different shows, um, some political, religious in nature, talking about... Um, different conspiracies as far as the end of the world and the new world, world order and, you know, FEMA camps and um, things that the governments have planned on doing and things they've always planned on doing. And, you know, Ecclesiastes says there's nothing new under the sun. And, you know, um, to speak for Prayer International Radio, um, I could tell you that the Bible says to be watchful in all things. It says to be careful for nothing, but with prayer and supplication, make your request be made, to, made known to God, and, and the peace of the peace that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart. You know, the world will always be conniving. It'll always be planning. It'll always be attempting to do something to obtain an end. But we those who have received the gift of God and the gift of the Holy Spirit who reveals to us the hearts and the thoughts and the intents of the Father already know what the end is, which is that we are going to sit in eternity with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so while the nations plot evil things and they rage in vain, Against that which they don't understand We can sit back with the peace of God Saying Let the skies fall Let the world do what it will We still serve a mighty God We serve a Lord Who is more than enough He said um, Those who dwell In the secret place Of the Most High Shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty and that's what we do. We abide under the shadow of the Almighty. We abide with the peace that the world can't understand because they don't know it, whom it is that we serve. They don't know whom it is that we believe in. And so the things that we talk about, the speech that comes out of our mouth, um, our lack of fear for the events that may unfold in the world um, seem puzzling and trivial to them. Um, they can label us... Um, Whatever they want to label us, it really doesn't matter because the only label that really matters is a label that was given to us by our Father. And he said in First John, Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us that we should be called children of God. Now it has not been revealed yet what we shall be, but when we see him, we'll know we'll be like he is. You know, when I was talking about a global community, um, the Bible says we do belong to a global community. 
the whole time that the world is and different political leaders have been trying to bring about a one-world government, we already live in a world-world government. Um, a one-world government. You know, it says in Ephesians, um, we are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. You know, that's what we are. We, God created the first one-world government, but it wasn't a one-world government. It was a one-everything government. Because he said that he put all things under Jesus' feet. All things. Everything that's created, things above, things beneath, everything was put under the feet of the Lord Jesus, including the principalities and powers that think they have some ability to shape the course of the world. But it is written, as Jesus would say, it is written that for eternity we're going to sit around the throne and look upon the Lamb who is pierced and cry, Holy, Holy, Holy is the Lord God Almighty who was and is and is to come. You know, um, You know, let me read this. Um, I don't know why we're talking about faith. But somehow, I, I, I guess I, I sense a need that um, you, you can see the events of the world um, right now. Israel um, on the verge, and, and the Bible says to pray for the peace of Israel. And we always, with all earnest, with all sense of urgency, need to stand in the gap for the nation of Israel, the chosen nation of God. They always have been, they always will be, regardless of what anybody thinks about them, is what the scripture declares, and we know it to be true, because God is not a God that he should lie. And, you know, Israel is camped about on all corners by her enemies, and sooner or later they will attack. Um, but we trust that the Lord um, is in control. We trust that he has a plan, and as he has always protected them, we pray for his mercy and his grace to still protect them and to keep them safe and to give wisdom to their leaders, that the Holy Spirit would give discernment and godly counsel to the leaders of the nation of Israel, that they would follow not the will of the peoples, not the will of the elite, but they would follow the will of the living God. Because there's no greater counselor than him who sits upon the throne, who oversees all, sees all. And, you know, so you can look at the world's events and you can see political elections and you and people have a sense of getting getting wearied and being afraid, um, not knowing what the future is. But I'm here to tell you tonight that the only future the farthest in the future you have to look is right in front of your feet. It says the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. The closest you have to look into your future is not the future itself, but it's he who controls the future, which is the Lord Jesus who dwells in eternity. Look to Jesus. Don't look to the world. It doesn't matter what the world says. It doesn't matter what the world thinks. Because, you know, the authority that the world thinks they may have is, you know, it says 
They operate in the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. But the Bible says that things in this world are passing away. But he who does the will of God abides forever. Someone said in the chat room, don't censor us. Well, you know, they can, they've been doing it forever. There's underground churches all over the world where men, women, and children race, um, risk their life um, partaking and joining in Christ and the sufferings that he already forewarned would come. He said, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you. And if they persecute you, it's not you, but it's because of me, because they didn't know me nor my father. And while the world claims to be wise and professes themselves to be wise, they end up being ignorant of the only truth that can bring any type of light and any type of salvation, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, because the Bible says there is no name, none, given among men by which we must be saved except for the name of Jesus. And while some would consider that religiously and politically incorrect and the nations and the government leaders of the world would declare that we can't say such things. Boldly, we can say with all confidence that there is no other name among heaven and earth except Jesus. For the Bible declares that him, he alone is the only one who is worthy to open up the scroll. He was the only one without spot or blemish. He was the only one that would exalt it to the right hand of the Father. And he was the one that the Father declared he put all things under his feet. You know, that being said, um, so what do you do when you see the world and you start worrying about your future? Well, then you turn to Jesus. And what did Jesus say? What did Jesus say? He said in Matthew, don't worry about your life. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow has its own things to worry about. But seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. As it says in Isaiah, why do you purchase and buy, buy things that aren't bread and for things that do not satisfy? Taste and see that the Lord has come to the fountain of living waters which flows from his throne. Delight yourself in the abundance of him. Come to him and let your life be rested in him. And, you know, the Bible talk, in Hebrews talks about a rest, knowing that the works were already accomplished on the cross, knowing that we have entered into the rest of the Lord. While we still work, we work in a rest because we already have the victory. In all things, we are more than conquerors. You know, um, faith is a is a funny thing. It, it really is. Uh, the Bible says that he causes the rain to fall on the just and the unjust. And good things happen to, to everybody. Bad things happen to everybody. The real question is, how do you deal with the things that when they happen? When the bad things happen, do you blame God or do you trust him? When the good things happen, do you praise God or do you gloat that everything that your life's going so good because somehow you did something to deserve it? When we know the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and the Bible says that all good gifts come from the Father of light, with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. And so, you know, when it, it comes to faith, um, 
And I'm not talking about an act of faith. I'm talking about a life of faith. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And it's more than an, it's more than an action. It's more than just an attitude. It's a very part of your identity. A person who believes in the Lord Jesus Christ, walking with him, knowing that every step is ordered and established by him. Knowing that before you get to the place where you need the provision, the provision is already ordained from the foundation of the world for you when you get there. The question is, will you trust him on the way to the place where he's going to provide for you? You know, I'm I'm pretty certain um, in the book of Genesis and the book of Exodus when God caused water to come out from a rock and caused them to be filled even from something that seemed dry and barren, because He can cause a He can cause an abundance in the midst of a wilderness. It says he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He anointeth my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. It's great to hope for things, it's great to want things. Someone once said, if you're going to walk this walk of faith and you're going to live this life of faith in the Lord, then there's three things that are required. Knowing that he is the God who said that I has not seen nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those that love him. And like he said in Jeremiah 33, 3, call upon me and I will answer you. And show you great and mighty things you know not of. You know, knowing this this God that we serve, um, someone said, you need to dream big. Dream for the biggest. Enlarge the borders of your heart. Don't, I mean, you know, the Bible says you have not because you ask not. And, you know, sometimes we have to trust God Who's the God of more than enough? And then you pray big. You take the scriptures of the living God. You take his word, which was established before the foundation of the world. And you let the word become life in you. You let it become substance in your life. Like Jesus said, my, he said, I have food that you do not know of. Our food is the very word of God. And you let it dwell in you. And you meditate on it. Like it says in Joshua, meditate on this book of the law. For then you will make your your way prosperous and then you will have good success. And you pray and you intercede and you seek the face of the Father. And you come into agreement with him based on the word that he already declared. Because there's not many words that you could possibly want from the Lord that we don't already have written out in scripture to begin with. And then you expect God to do good things. You expect big things from the Lord. Because the Lord doesn't do anything small outside of a whisper. We're talking about the God who created heaven and earth, caused those things that, in, that were not, 
declared that they were and caused them to come into being. The very God who raised Christ Jesus from the dead, who set the stars in heaven, and as the Bible says, gave them put their positions, put into alignment the sun and the moons and the bodies and the planets and gave them their places. Told the oceans and the waters, you can come this far but no further. The God that's more than enough. So this God, we have to expect big things from him. So you dream big, you pray big, and then you expect big. And don't let yourself get discouraged. The Bible says, don't be discouraged in, in good doing. Those who continually go forth sowing seed will undoubtedly come again reaping. So I wanted to, um, I guess I, I wasn't originally going to, but now I guess I am. I'm going to read a little bit about faith. Um, most of you already know this passage of scripture. Um, some, most people have heard the first verse over and over again um, in church services. It's like one of the Christian catchphrases. Catchphrases, and so, but I want to go a little bit deeper into this. It says, "Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen." You know, what evidence do we have outside that He has risen? What evidence do we possibly need? Outside of the fact that Christ Jesus has, re has risen. It says in verse 2. For by it the elders obtained a good testimony. Those who were counted like, like Abraham. Who were count, accounted righteous. Not through their works. Not through their actions. But through their faith in the Lord. It says in um, verse 3. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. You know, we talk about the laws of God and the laws of man and the dominion and the authority of the kingdom of God coming to the earth. When Jesus said, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. It's not saying, God, hopefully someday you'll have your way down here. No. Jesus told his disciples, go forth and declare that the kingdom of God is at hand. It means that the dominion of God, the authority of the realm, of God's domain, of God's authority, has come to this earth and taken impact. And when the realm of God's domain impacts the realm of the world's domain, God's authority will always supersede any physical law this world may have to offer. It's why people get healed. It's why people get raised from the dead. It's why people who have no legs will have their legs restored. How God can reach into someone's heart and create a supernatural miracle and reform and reshape their heart into the perfect way it should be. Because his rules, his laws say something completely different than the laws that we currently live in. The, law, the scientific, scientists declare that matter can neither be created nor destroyed. And yet, in one moment of time, the first moment of time, God proved them wrong. 
because out of nothing was created everything. It says in verse 4, By faith Abel offered to God a more excellent sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained witness that, his righteous, that, that he was righteous, God testifying of his gifts. And through it, and though he's, he being, de it being, de being dead, still speaks. By faith, I love this one, by faith Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. And he was not found because God had taken him. For before he was taken, he had his testimony that he pleased God. But without faith, listen to this, children. Brothers, friends, without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You can search the scriptures from start to finish, from Genesis all the way to Revelation, and you'll always see the same thing, where God says, trust me. I want to bless you. I want to lavish you with blessings. That's why he said, walk this way. Choose, choose which way you want, life or death. Choose life. Choose the blessings. Choose the fellowship of the Most High God. It says in verse 7, By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not seen, Moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness, which is according to faith. You know, it's the same thing that happened to Abraham. He was accounted righteous according to his faith. You know, now one thing um, people don't always think about with the story of Noah and the flood is that you know, it's and just a side note here. Me and my wife are watching this um, series. This is the series on um, Netflix, and it was showing um, a bunch of archaeologists all over. If you take the, the globe and you look at the continents, all over the face of the globe, there are literally hundreds of cities and worship sites that have been that are literally submerged under the ocean. And not always just in little lakes, but on the coast of the Americas, um, around Cuba, and on the coast of Japan, and in the Mediterranean Sea, there's countless cities that were submerged. And while the world and the scientists try to figure out, okay, so how did all these get submerged? Was it global warming? Was it this? Was it that? We know that there was a flood. Because of the ungodliness of man and the sin of man. And they're just now trying to catch up and understand it. But, you know, during the days of Noah, it had never actually rained. The first time that it's recorded that it rained was when the flood started. You know, Noah, Noah went, around, went around declaring to his neighbors and to his friends, it's like, it's going to rain, it's going to flood. And they're like, what's rained? You're crazy. Why are you building a boat? Why are you building a boat on dry land? And they couldn't understand because they couldn't see the vision that only comes from hearing from him. There's a revelation 
about the future and about your life and about your purpose and about your destiny that doesn't come from a book outside of the Bible. And it only comes from the revelation you get directly from the Lord God. When Jesus asked the disciples, who do men say I am and who do you say I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. He said, and Jesus said, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven. And that same revelation belongs to us who have been filled with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit will reveal to us the deep things of God. And the world won't understand him because they won't be able to. Because the Bible says they're spiritually discerned. The flesh is enmity against God. It can't understand the laws of God. And it can't be subject to them. It says in 11.8, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to the place which he would receive as an inheritance. And he went out not knowing where he was going. You know, many times God calls us to do things, and we don't actually understand why. Um, they don't always make sense. The pieces don't always come together. But, you know, your eyes are, when you're when you're a sheep, and I know Paul likes, Paul has been talking about sheep a lot in the chat room. When you're a sheep, your eyes aren't necessarily on the mountains or the road. Your eyes are on the shepherd. Because you're trusting not what your eyes see around you, but you're trusting the person with whom you're following. And, you know, Jesus said, I am the shepherd. I lead my sheep in and out. My sheep hear my voice and the voice of a stranger. They will not follow. And our eyes should never be on our circumstances. Our eyes should never be on any future. Because the only thing we, could, we should be concerned about is keeping our eyes on Jesus and keeping our eyes on the word of God. That's why it says in Joshua, don't turn to the right or to the left. Don't turn to the right or, the, or to the left. Keep your eyes focused on the Lord at all times. It says in verse 9, By faith he dwells in a land of promise, as in a foreign country, dwelling in tents with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. You know, there's many brothers and sisters, if you want to call them, out there in the world, and even many out there who don't know of the inheritance they have in the Lord Jesus. There's many out there who have not yet trusted him, but they're partakers of, and they have a birthright that they don't yet know about. They have a birthright in the kingdom of God. They have a place as a citizen of the family of heaven, but they yet have not had the revelation. It hasn't been revealed to them who they really are. So all they know is what the world declares, which is why we need to declare to the world who their real identity is, who they really belong to, because the world is nothing but a bunch of orphans who live in an orphanage, subjected to rules and laws of the rulers of the orphanage, because they have yet to understand their identity. They have yet to be told who they really are and be told that they actually belong. It says in verse 10, for He waited for the city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed, and she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. And, you know, that, I mean, that should be the verse of, 
That should be the verse for um, Hebrews chapter 11. Not necessarily faith comes by hearing, but hearing by the word of God, which is the one that everybody knows. But it should be Sarah judged him faithful who had promised. You know, someone mentioned the other night, you know, the Bible declares that even if we're faithless, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself to demonstrate his earnestness with his promises toward us. He swore by himself. And then it says he exalted his word above his own name. And when there was nothing higher to swear by, he swore by himself, and then he exalted his name, his word above the, even that, to declare that he was not a God who would lie. Sarah, far past any possible age of bearing children, her womb being literally dead on the inside. You know, there's a parallel there. Abraham took his son to sacrifice him on the altar because God said to do it. And through, and he learned obedience through uh, suffering in a way. The testing of your faith produces patience. And so Abraham goes to sacrifice Isaac, knowing that, the, that God had declared that through Isaac, the nations of the world will be blessed. And so Abraham goes in obedience to God, taking the dream which he had and giving it back unto the Lord for the Lord to have his way with. Because he understood that it wasn't his glory, it wasn't his vision, it wasn't his plans, it was the Lord's. And he fully trusted the Lord to be able to perform everything the Lord had said, even though Abraham himself could not possibly conceive how the Lord would get it done. Yet in obedience, he went to offer Isaac upon the altar, believing that God could even raise his son from the dead. But yet the Lord found himself his own sacrifice once again, sort of as a future parallel to the life of Jesus, to declare that the Lord would provide his own sacrifice for us. But there's still a step of faith that's taken for us to get there. And Sarah, in like manner, feeling fully past the age to bear children, to be fellow partakers with Abraham of this promise that was not just to them, but to their children and their descendants and all the kingdoms and nations and peoples of the earth that would be blessed through them. She trusted the Lord believing that he could even resurrect the organs that lay dead and dormant inside of her own body and she trusted him faithful who had promised her not giving mind to the condition of her flesh but trusting in him who is eternal him who created everything understanding that he who is the creator is always the creator and always brings life it says in verse 13, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were assured of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers 
and pilgrims on the earth. For those who say such things declare plainly that they seek a homeland. And truly, if they had called to mind that country from which they had come out, they would have had an opportunity to return. But now they desire a better, that is, a heavenly country. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. God has prepared a city for us. You know, if you think about the new life we have in Christ Jesus, where it says, Be, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. It's almost like a movie called The Matrix, where you wake up and you realize that the wool's been pulled over your eyes and that you're living in a fantasy world. With fake rulers and fake leaders Not declaring no, I'm not saying that the rulers and leaders are fake But the principles and the laws That they operate Operate by are Because they don't realize they're being controlled And are under the sway of the wicked one But we who've had our eyes open Who've been given the new Who've received the new life That comes through Christ Jesus Who have counted ourselves to be dead And to sin but alive to God Walking in the newness of life Walking in the spirit And not in the flesh I've received the revelation Of the Lord Jesus Christ And the love of God Which passes knowledge Boldly declaring unto the world That there is salvation Through the name of Jesus Boldly declaring that there is a kingdom With greater authority And greater power Than the kingdoms of this earth And there is a name far greater doesn't matter what happens in this world. It doesn't matter how many wars, how many battles are fought. It doesn't matter how many people declare the end is coming. Because let me tell you what the end when the end's going to come. The second you see him because he is the end. He's the alpha, the omega, the beginning and the end. He was in the beginning with God And he's in the end with God The end result Is not some Necessarily some apocalypse That may consume the world but The end result is the Lord Jesus Christ Is coming again With the host Of the armies of the Lord And he will cast the enemy Into the lake of fire And he will gather us together and as we stand before God And stand before Him Because the Bible says That He will judge the living and the dead And it says we will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ And we'll stand before Him Who was pierced And who was the Lamb who was slain Before the foundation of the world And He will look at us And hopefully If we're found in Him He will declare well done My good and faithful servant Enter in into the joy of the Lord And so when someone asks you How do you think the world's going to end That's all you have to say 
they're going to stand tell them they're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and if they don't believe in the Lord then you can say then you're going to stand in front of the Lord Jesus Christ whom you and your fathers persecuted and crucified but for those believers out there who ask you how the world can end you tell them they're going to stand before the Lord Jesus Christ and he's going to look at them and say well done good and faithful servant if see I have to throw an if in there if he's not just their savior but also their lord those who he said those who love me will keep my commandments those who are we'll go back to that whole sanctified life thing I started off in the beginning <clears throat> while well, the Bible said the Bible says all have sinned and fallen short the glory of God and it says we have an advocate with Jesus Christ the righteous. Jesus also said many will come to me that day and saying, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do great exploits in your name? And Jesus will look at them and say, get away from me for I never knew you, you workers of lawlessness. You who would pervert the truth of the gospel for your own gain. You who are blind leaders of the blind. Declaring what you know not to be true To be true And so there will be some Just as the Pharisees in the past Who Though they have the form of godliness They deny Him From whom the life Actually comes from This is Prayer International Radio. Our call-in number tonight, 619-638-8458. We are going to take a little bit of time to go into some worship, and we will be right back.
and all who are thirsty and all who
to make it very easy for him to step into it. Um, and then um, I guess whatever other prayer requests any of you out there have, just um, type them into the chat room um, or give us a call and we can um, pray for you. Uh, we sort of kind of prayed for Israel, but we probably need to keep praying for Israel. So um, did I miss anything so far, Paul? No, you're doing wonderful. Okay. Uh, well, well, you. I, I would say I want to have you pray for Chris and Tracy because you live the life of faith and trust in the Lord and seeing His provisions show up. So um, you can pray out of much experience if you don't mind. All right. Well, last night after the broadcast. Christopher called me and we talked from about 12.10 till, in fact, it was from 12.09 till 2.13 early this morning. And Christopher, who's a mentor of mine, um, has seen everything that God has done in my life and Olivia's life since we've been serving the Lord um, I met Christopher through his wife Tracy, and we grew up together. So we've known I've known Tracy for oh thirty five years, around there. Wow, middle school, middle school or better. Um, and. Tracy picked me out of a crowd at a prophetic conference of Dr. Dale Gentry. And so that was just months in our walk with the Lord. And so, you know, I've always considered Christopher to be a mentor of mine. And as everybody knows, it has heard the, the testimony that's been with us and following us. You know, Christopher always used to lay his hand on my heart when I always wanted him to go pray for people when we was out with Rodney Howard Brown and doing street evangelism with the Great Awakening Tour in Fort Worth, Texas. And I would always go out there and find someone for Christopher to pray, to pray for him. Because I saw this young man that was just sold out for God um, a carrier of the ark As Papa Moses says Describes it And Again Christopher always used to tell me He used to lay his hand on my heart And tell me you got the same Holy Ghost I have You know and in, Until You can believe in God You can believe in miracles You can walk in faith Right But until God has really done a major move in your life, which any move really is a major move. A miracle's a miracle. Um, right. But until you really start feeling the flow of the Holy Spirit interacting and engaging in your life, you know, that don't mean you don't have faith. You know, until you have a a back, a lower back healed. 
um, until you've been completely just in a matter of someone laying hands on you or going to a church service, being healed of drugs or someone laying hands on you or someone pointing a finger at you and tell you, we thank God for healing you and you're getting healed. Until something happens, until you have a counter with God, some type of intervention, really until then you don't grasp it. And, you know, with me, I had to have Rodney Howard Brown lay hands on me until I was laid out in the floor at Bob and Joyce Nichols Church at Calvary Cathedral International in Fort Worth. And when you wake up the next morning after being slain on the floor for 15 minutes and you lay hands on somebody and you see God heal people, um, I'm talking about right in front of your eyes, when you're praying for somebody and you say the name of Jesus, and when the letter J comes out of your mouth, two people get baptized in the Holy Ghost and start speaking in tongues right there in front of you. It's circumstances like that that you really realize that, wow, this is this is what my mentor says it's all about. It's not about right. it's of God. And for anything that we do on this platform in our lives, I love looking at one of our guests' um, profile, um, and I'll read it. And I, and I read it all the time. It says, our lives and our character are our greatest witness. And that's a very explosive sentence with very few words. Our lives and our character are our best witness. You know, then as I spoke with Chris last night and he just poured out his life on me, his soul, his spirit, how he felt. And this is a man of God that I've looked up to that has carried me through the peaks and the valleys, who has mentored to me. You know, I I told Chris last night, I said, one thing I can tell you, with you being in ministry, with all the people that all the churches that he serves at, for prayer pastor, children's minister, pastor, um, Bible studies, um, Prayer International, there's a lot of eyes affixed on him. And my pastor, who's been pastor for 26 years, he said he asked the gentleman who's been walking with the Lord many years, how can you really tell someone who's solid rock, someone who is sold out for God, and someone who's not in the milk, very mature in the meat, most likely in the bone. And he said the best description that this gentleman had to give him was throughout all their trials and tribulations and storms and everything, whether they're at the top of the peak of the mountain or in the bottom of the valley, they're not up and down. They're very consistent. They're praising God in the valleys, 
and they're praising God in the peaks. And regardless of how many days, many months or years you've been walking with the Lord, when you receive Jesus in your heart according to John 3, 3, and you're born again, it's of the Holy Ghost. You know, he is our he is the leader. He he directs our steps. He's the lamp of our life and the light of our journey. And uh as I told Christopher, praise Jesus in the valleys and praise Jesus on the mountaintop. And you know, he poured out his storms to me. And this is a gentleman that if you walked up to him today in Dallas, Texas, and saw him in a 7-Eleven, he's smiling. <laughs> ear to ear grin, you know. Uh, and he does a very good job of it. Um, he's still praising Jesus. He still comes on the platform. He's still standing in the gap. The Holy Spirit's still flowing through him. I don't know anyone in my life and Sean will agree with me that stands in the gap in prayer in English and in the spirit for people over the ministry, over the people in the chat room, over people that call in, the youth, the children, the parents of the churches that he serves in, and carrying carrying all their heavy burdens on his shoulder, still in the storm that he's in, he's praising God. Hallelujah. And so, you know, I love Chris and I love Tracy. They are they are wonderful people. They they are sold out for God. You go out and they're to their house and it says sold. <laughs> Most people drive by and they think the house has been sold. Well, um, for them, that means they're sold out for God. So we prayed for Christopher last night, and this may touch a couple of people in the prayer room. And me and Chris are very sensitive. Um, I think our discernment spirit kicks in when people pray for us. Uh, I'm, I'm very careful about who I had pray for me. I'm very careful about who I would ever have lay hands on me. And I think it's an honor when somebody of Chris's stature in the church, an elder like him, for them to call me up and pour out their storm on me uh, and ask me to pray for them, hey, that's an honor. Hallelujah. So, um, Christopher and Sean and I, as we told y'all, we started out doing this on Skype, and when we saw people getting healed because of a couple of guys and their wives and some children getting on the phone on Skype and praying for people that were given hours to live that were in ICU, and God pulled them out of the storm and healed them, uh, that's what... That's why the Lord started up Christian spirit to start and birth prayer international. And, of course, Sean 
had the Lord download all the wisdom and information to him on how to do the website. So um, let's pray for Christopher. Um, for those listening, this is the prayer for Christopher and Tracy. You know, the Bible says that we are to stir up the gift of God that's in us because it's God that does the work. It's not us. Amen. Um, Chris is not here for us to lay hands on him. So I always tell everybody we're going to stand on Matthew 8, Centurion Faith. The same faith that we pray for for my mother-in-law who had x-rays and had a wisdom tooth. Her complete face was swelling on her left side and her eye was shut and God healed an abscessed tooth. Hallelujah. So, Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you, Lord God, that we can come to you through the blood of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that we have a blood-bought right of a Father to enter your kingdom presence, Heavenly Father. Lord, I thank you for this platform. May you have all the glory. We thank you, Heavenly Father, that you sowed your seed, Jesus, at Calvary. That everything that was accomplished at Calvary give us the right, Heavenly Father, to call into your name. For you sowed your life, your son, Jesus, into our life. That for us that will believe in you, Heavenly Father, that we would have everlasting life and not have everlasting eternal life, Heavenly Father. Father, I thank you that we can call on your name. I thank you, Heavenly Father, that your word says in Hebrews that by salvation that we have angels of yours, that we inherit them, legions of angels. Heavenly Father, we wrap this prayer in a prayer of expectation. For you are not a man that you should lie, nor the son of man that you should repent. The word says that without faith it's impossible to please you. For he that comes to you must believe that you're what? That you are the rewarder of those that diligently seek you. Heavenly Father, this day everyone here listening, we pray, Heavenly Father, that you would pour out your spirit, your love, your joy, your peace, that you would manifest Abundantly in Christopher and Tracy's life Heavenly Father Your word says that you direct The steps of a righteous man And though things have had fell in their lap Heavenly Father They were totally unaware of That regardless Because they walked by faith Not by sight That you would mark the doorpost On every door that they enter every door that they exit in the name of Jesus, that you would turn the hearts of kings. As your word says, Father, in Proverbs 21, that the hearts of kings are like rivers and streams. They flow by the love of Jesus, by the Lord. 
Heavenly Father, as we lift up their needs in the name of Jesus, your word says in John 14, 14, that anything we ask, I will do it. That whatsoever we believe as we pray it in our heart, then it shall be done. Heavenly Father, we bind and we curse the spirit of infirmity and case and tracing. We cast it out in Jesus' name. We pray, Heavenly Father, that all the needs will be met in their lives exceedingly abundantly more than what they could ever imagine in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, as a point of contact, we stand on Matthew 8, Centurion Faith. Just as Jesus marveled over the Centurion, as he knew as he only spoke the words that his servant would be healed, Heavenly Father, we send that same faith forward in the name of Jesus, that every L5 and L6 and S1 in her sacrum of her back, Heavenly Father, will be healed, the the cervical vertebrae in the name of Jesus will be healed in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, we speak a creative miracle over Tracy that you will align everything in her vertebrae, in her cervicals, her lumbars, her sacrum, and that she will be made whole in Jesus' name. We pray, Heavenly Father, that every red blood cell, that every white blood cell will increase in the name of Jesus from the crown of our head to the soles of our feet, Heavenly Father. We pray, Heavenly Father, that she will be a new creature, new creature, Heavenly Father, in Jesus' name. Heavenly Father, your word says about Jesus' stripes in 1 Peter 2.24 that she's healed. Amen. And to you, Heavenly Father, may all the glory go to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, I just want to throw in, Lord. <sighs> Father, your word declares if anyone likes wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, Father. And so, Lord, um, we are asking, Father, for wisdom and discernment in Christ, Lord, that you would download your words to him, Father, to him and Tracy, Father, that you would give them dreams, Father, give them visions, Lord. You would clearly speak to them, Father, concerning the plans and purposes that you have for them and the direction you want them to go, Father. For as you said, Jesus, that your sheep hear your voice, and the voice of a stranger they will not follow, Lord. So we ask, Father, you would close every door, Lord, that does not lead to you being glorified in their life, Father. Lord, every door that the enemy would try to throw up, Father, we ask that you would close it, Father. Lord, and give them discernment, Lord, to hear your voice, Father, to follow your leading, Lord, to the place that you want them to be, Lord. Whether that is full-time ministry, Lord, and we know you will provide for you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider, Father. So, Lord, we place all our trust in you, Father, thanking you for the blood of your son, Jesus Christ, over Chris and over Tracy, Lord. That you, you said the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord, Father. Father, so we ask that you would establish them, Father. Establish them in your word, Father. Give them stability, Lord. Give them stability, Father, and resources and finances, Lord, and provision, Jesus. Amen, amen. Um, Amen. 
So, yeah, um, well, since I, I mean, I've known Chris almost my whole life, and he's never, I mean, never faltered as far as his belief in the Lord. And it's funny, um, you were talking about it earlier, and it's funny because um, I have a family with um, four children, so there's six of us, and you know, I, I handle all the finance, like like with Prayer International, um, Chris handles all the executive decisions. Um, he's a, I guess you could call him the CEO of the corporation, but he's also the chief spiritual officer of Prayer International. Um, while we can all hear the voice of the Holy Spirit, I, I trust immensely. I told Tracy, because Chris and Tracy came over to my house last night, and we were... Um, just talking about things and you know I was telling him you know Tracy is one of those people where the Lord will just wake her up with a prophetic um, gift of knowledge a word of knowledge about specific events specific times my wife is the same way and um, you know so I, I completely and totally trust their both their abilities to hear the Lord and so so Chris is a chief spiritual officer of Prayer International. Um, I handle all the like daily daily business decisions and basic stuff, and I handle all the finances. And you know, even at my home, um, my wife doesn't really know any of the finances. All she knows is she asks me like at the beginning of the week and through the week, how much money do we have left? And so I actually like pay the bills and all that other stuff and. And I look at the bills we have and how much money we spend, and I have I sort of have a little bit of insight into the um, finances for Chris and Tracy and how much money they need and how much money comes in, because um, a lot of times Chris works for me doing contracting jobs, and um, and and I always find it interesting, and and I've and I've never really talked to Chris about it or figured it out, and it's like. I always wonder how, and I, I almost want to ask him at times, how do you even afford to eat with the money? But the Lord, and it's amazing because with so little, they are so generous as far as the amount of money that just pours out of them. And, you know, Paul um, touched on something um, as far as someone's profile talking about living a life. I mean, you know, we talk about donating and sowing our, our finances and sowing our time. And, you know, Paul was right. Chris is n- and his wife are never home. I mean, they are either at a church service somewhere, either their their own church, which they're both um, pastors of, and I think prayer pastors and youth pastors, or it's another service, or they're at some hospital praying for someone who's sick, or they're going to visit someone who's who's ill and needs the Lord. And so literally they're constantly going about doing the work of the ministry and they're living the life of, of an apostle and an evangelist wherever they go. And, you know, we're praying and believing the Lord that he'll provide a way for them to move away from actual work, even though I know we all need to work because the Bible says he who doesn't work shouldn't eat. But into a way to provide them for full to be able to just enter in full time ministry and have their needs provided for, because they they do live the life, um, uh, amazingly so. And you know, watching their life, it's it's like watching literally watching the Lord provide for someone. Because 
you know, the Bible says, I've never seen the righteous forsaken nor seed begging for bread. And while they have almost nothing, the Lord, it's always enough for them. It's always enough for them to live on. And, you know, they can make $20 last two weeks. And I, me and my wife couldn't make $20 last 10 minutes in this house. And the way the Lord just takes everything they have and he multiplies it, it's like they live the miracle of the bread and the fish with Jesus, where they place their trust in him and um, where they literally trust everything in their life to the Lord. Um, you know, Chris spends countless hours in prayer before the Lord, and it, and it's never for him. I mean, sometimes it is, but most of the time it's for just to figure out what his plans is, what his will is, what his purposes is. And, you know, we all have the ability to seek the Lord in that way and to enter into the walk of faith with the Lord where um, where you begin to trust him for for everything, not the big, not just the big things, but the small daily things. Um, so, but, okay, we have 24 minutes left, um, so we're almost running out of time. Um, we did pray for Israel a little bit. Um, let's see, what other nations do we have to pray for tonight? We have Africa, South America. Uh, you know, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord. We ask that you would put your hand on Africa right now, Father. That you would put your hand, Lord, on the leaders, Father. You said you caused kings to rise and fall, Lord, and you touched the hearts of men. Father, so in the name of Jesus Christ, for every every ruler of every nation in Africa, Lord, that you would establish your name to be to be great, Father. You would establish godly leaders, Father. That you would throw down the corrupt, Father, and those who would persecute your children, Father. Those who would live evilly, Father, we ask, Lord, that you would remove them and put in godly men and women who can hear your voice, Father, so that you could bless the entire continent of Africa, Father. You would cause a revival, Lord, to go from one village to another, from one town, from one principality, Father, to cause your name to be great, Father, Lord. And for Israel in the Middle East, Father, you know what's happening out there, Lord. So we, Father, we ask in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord, that you would bring real peace, Father, that doesn't come through the diplomacy of men, becomes, but comes through your spirit, Father. It comes from your word and from your name, Lord. Father, we ask that you would send missionaries and prophets. Father, send prophets out to the Middle East, Lord. Declare your word in these end times, Father. Lord, for Russia, for Vladimir Putin, who um, was elected president, Father, that you would turn his heart towards you, Father, and cause him to walk in your ways, Lord. Father, you would cause him to see your people, Father, and to establish Russia as a land of your name, Father, where your name would be glorified in Russia, Father. Even though it's never happened, Lord, we can put our trust in you, Father. To have your spirit have its have its way inside of Russia tonight, Lord. Father, for the United States and the presidential elections that are coming up, Lord, Father, it doesn't really matter who gets elected, Father, because we trust in you, Lord. But we ask whoever your choice is, Father, that you would have them be um, men after your own heart, Father. Whether it's 
President Obama, Father, and you turn his heart, Lord, and place his heart upon you, Father, and give him wisdom and discernment, Lord, or whichever other man you have ordained to sit at the head of the United States, Lord. Father, we ask, Lord, for a godly man in the White House, Lord, in the name of Jesus. Let's see. Huh. Well, let's go to some worship for a little bit. Um, if any of you have any prayer requests, our call-in number is 619-638-8458. And once again, you can always email us at prayer at prayerinternational.org. And we'll be back in just a few minutes. Some of you've been fighting for a very long time. Some of you've been fighting that ground war for a very long time. Sticking out your
Jacob really longed to be a hero And all I really wanted was a friend I'm the way, the life, the truth 
Open up the door. 